Hello, welcome to our podcast on equality. All genders, sexes, orientations, welcome. Glad to have you aboard. I'm Chris Pierce, he, him. I'm Buddy Lloyd, I am a he, they. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Glad to see you guys here. Uh, and by they, I mean they all better suck my fucking butt. Oh, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a real slobber knocker tonight, King. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to just be do a full episode of Stroked Out JR. Yeah. He's Bell's, not all stroked anymore. Oh, yeah, oh, Bell's, Bell's palsy. palsy yeah, right. it goes away. Can't <laughs> 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 They released Kane from the depths of hell. <laughs> oh, my God. Undertaker's brother is back. I thought they burned him in a building, but he came back to life, King. Can you believe that? We got 20,000 wrestling maniacs tonight. It's going to be a real slobber We got a couple of burn burners on the card. I got to tape my eye, dude. It's like a cross between JR and then that fucking guy. That's like the alien dude mid and black that could stretch his face out. And oh, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you look like when you do that. <laughs> oh, dude, I got burrito dust on my shirt. That real sucked. Yeah, it did. Took me to a bad place. We know a good place, and you went to a bad place. Well, it was good a couple years back, but I hadn't Ooh, been there. It good now, dude. Yeah, it sucks. It was legit like just a big Taco Bell burrito. Yeah. It didn't even have, it just had rice and meat in it. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah, it wasn't good. And we're so broke right now. It's like, yeah. Of the treat for today. We got yeah, fucked. Yeah. Well, shit, man. You know what time it is. It's uh, the uh, part two. The Toolbox Killers. We'll finish this one out this week on Death Metal. <laughs> Feeling excited. Uh, did you have a good week? Yeah, pretty good today so far. So, oh, today rocked. Yeah. I needed it. Yesterday yeah. sucked. The day before yeah. sucked. It was our yeah. 14th wedding anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> wife was being a cunt. <laughs> Take that, America. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, all sorry because my goddamn daughter. First of all, the, like, they stopped doing so, like, just this week, starting this week. If a kid in your class gets COVID or if someone in your house gets COVID, you don't have to stay home anymore. But the week before, of course, that hadn't changed. So daughter had to stay home from school. She didn't do a goddamn thing. Of course. So then, like, it turns out that all she had to do was, like, her most. You know what? And she's in fucking sixth grade. Gifted and talented bullshit. So she had to write uh, essay in, like, MLA. I know you have no idea what MLA format is. Uh, but it's like what college students do. Yeah. Like, I don't even fucking know how to do it. So you're like trying to help her. It's like, I, oh, fuck I, yeah, it sucked. It was ridiculous. So she stayed up. She started working on it finally the day before it was due. And it was a two week thing. Yeah. So on our anniversary night, which like, we don't, we're fucking kind of broke right now. So the whole plan was to just fuck for a long time. That was like, you know, down the shoot, huh? And then she worked on that from like two in the afternoon until literally two in the morning. And in the midst of that, a piece of her braces broke off. And I had to like get tweezers and like try to push it back in. Like both of us were trying to do it and she's freaking out. And we're just like, just <laughs> cut it out. Oh, man. It was hell. Yeah. You let her feel like what it was like when you went to the dentist? No. No. <clears throat> no, it wasn't mad at her at all. It's like the thing. Couldn't tell that it broke. So, like, all the braces, you know, it's just a fucking wire that connects them. And you, like, it had popped out before in a different spot. And you could just take tweezers and pop it right back in. Like, it's easy to. That's all they did at the fucking dentist's office yesterday. Yeah. Except they had to take a piece off. And, like, so a little piece of it broke off. So it wouldn't go back into things. So, just like, why the fuck is it not doing what it's supposed to do? Sure. It hurts her. Oh. I'm losing it. Yeah. I go to bed at, like, you know, 10. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Just really ruined my shit. And the next day, wife threw fit at me for absolutely no reason. So we're recording a day late in the afternoon. Yeah. First sober one I've done in a while. You yeah. true listeners probably remember the last one. We had to do an afternoon one like a few months ago. Yeah. But here we are. Here I don't know if it's are. better or worse. Oh. We'll find out. This day we tracked down a pedophile. Yeah, we did do that. Don't like the cops, but we had to get this guy off the street, so yeah, we snitched. Yeah, we did snitch. But yeah. we detectived. We figured out exactly. Yeah, we where figured it was. out before they did. Yeah, figured out where he was in a matter of minutes. A neighbor, <laughs> yeah, asked a neighbor like, "You seen this guy?" They're like, "He's like, yeah." He's, we went to his door, knocked on his door. No. Nope. <laughs> We thought about knocking on his door in <laughs> yeah. our heads, a yeah, fake place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, we it was one of those. This is a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not. You know, we don't. Do this stuff. is a joke. Yeah, but yeah, we did some good shit today. Yeah, might save some kids from a lifetime of trauma. Yeah, I mean, dude, they got level three for yeah. juvenile offense. Yeah, fuck it, piece of shit, scum of the earth, dude. I can't help thinking like this. I guess. Cops are cops, though, because, you know, like anyone else, like even my friend that does that for a living, he's like, yeah, you catch him, fuck his shit up. Yeah. They're like. Yeah. But you know they want you to. Like, you know they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Whoop their ass like Jerry Lawler. Yep. They yeah. need it, dude, so bad. Very bad. You think it helps, though? I don't know. I think it helps them be more afraid they need to be afraid but the other thing is they just stay at their house and download child porn shit yeah which is still you know want to kill them somebody has to make that because there's a demand for it hate it yeah Yeah. that's what sucks about money yeah money truly is the worst thing dude it really is it's a cause of problems people a lot of our metalhead fans that i pray for you all the time you don't want to put very much stock in the bible but look what causes problems uh-huh. Think there'd be child porn if there was no money? I don't know. I don't think so. You <laughs> froze? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying Why to Why are think. you half asleep? Let's go. I'm trying to think about it. It's podcast make no damn sense. Wake up. I'm awake. Uh, King, you really got to get in the spirit. <laughs> we can't let down these 20,000 wrestling fans here to watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> that's my favorite man we got Kane versus Kurt Angle dude you know what match we gotta watch is I saw a thing today from like way back Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit in a 30 minute submission only match hell yeah I bet that rocks I bet it's awesome now that we're like talking about wrestling and I talk to the people I know about wrestling they all hate WWE yeah it sucks it sucks now but I'm not gonna be that guy to be like all oh, that it wasn't bad, dude. It rocked no, back no, then. It was awesome. There man. was definitely better stuff. NWA was way better. But the Attitude Era. The wrestling yeah. sucked. So if you're like watching it for like the aspect of this is not great wrestling, I guess you'd be bummed out. But what has ever been more entertaining? We've talked about this before. Storylines. Dude, DX versus yeah. Stone Cold. There's nothing that nothing better has ever. The only thing better than that is The Sopranos. Yeah. Those are the top two things ever put on film. Attitude Era, Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just want to combine that with like. Real shit. Real wrestling. Real good wrestling. Good yeah. wrestling. It yeah. can be done, dude. Yeah. Easily. Bringing it back. We're going to, man. We're going to. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so Toolbox Killers, we got to part one, which is basically where they acquired the murder Mac. Yeah. Murder Mac. That is pretty cool. Yeah, murder Mac. It's not cool to murder people in a van, but it yeah. is cool to get a van and name it that. Name it murder Mac. Yeah. Vandura. I saw one the other day. Yeah. It has like the blinds. And sh- this one didn't have windows or didn't have like a passenger side window, but this one had like the big yeah. window on the panel with fucking curtains and shit on it. Like, sure. Yeah. Roll around tight in there. My grandparents used to have a sick minivan. It was all plush on the inside and shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Pretty tight. Plush, plush, plush. Dude, yeah, in the back, like, laid down to a bed. They gave it to me. Well, I got done with high school until it fucking airlocked or whatever. Like, the radiator broke. Yeah. And the engine seized. I let some dorks borrow it, and they seized it up. That was cool. Oh, hell yeah. But you could lay it back, the the bed down, 
And uh, I used to fucking sleep in it all the time. I got pulled over one time. A cop was like, you living back here? Yeah. And I had like, uh, used to go to this record store all the time. And they would give away like their huge posters. So I just had like giant posters of Boys to Men. Like a bunch of dumb shit. Oh, I would just like take them and paste them at places. <laughs> For no reason, like a big Boys to Men poster in the middle of downtown. That's tight. Yeah, that was fun. That was cool art. Street art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do the world a favor, let them know they're coming through. <laughs> they weren't even coming through. Who's right today? It was just like an old <laughs> it's just like an old fucking boys to men poster that they had up for years. It's all sun bleached and shit. I just like uh what's that shit called? Uh wheat paste. Yeah. Just like roll it on there. It doesn't come off ever. That shit rocked. Hell yeah. They did that they had a Sinead O'Connor one I did that with. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Hell yeah. That is good time. Yeah. I used to love to do dumb shit like that. Just yeah. any type of thing would make people be like, what a turd. What the fuck is this shit? What a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now on to part two. And, you know, they're kind of ramping up. Like, you know, the first guy, they met each other in prison. And, uh, I can't remember if it was Bitter Car or Norris. This is why we're bad at podcasting. I think it was Norris. He just directly started, like, before he got arrested that time and they linked up, was raping girls. Other guys yeah. doing other shit. Yeah. Formed a power team. The rape power team, not the Christian. No. They weren't ripping phone books. They were ripping teenage girls. Yeah. So, they're together. But it's still an escalation period for Bitter <laughs> because he hadn't been raping girls he wants to and then together and like the dude wasn't a, like a successful rapist he just like straight up strong armed that girl in the bushes was like the last thing he got caught for yeah so now you're gonna get a little bit more intricate and try to get away with shit and not just like imagine being that horny yeah where you got a basher girl in a bush yep yep you ever been that horny nope I mean I've been you mean like horny like just snatch him up and start fucking him <laughs> yeah no it's like a just I'm definitely fucking places I shouldn't have. But you think uh, that would ever work? What? Like if you're just like walking around at night in like a place where a bunch of people are drinking, you just grab a girl like we're fucking. I don't know. Surely it's worked before. It probably has, but you know, I mean, maybe you can just walk up to him. But hey, I know you don't know me, but you want to fuck? Yeah. You know? Do you think that would work? I, I, I mean, really it might work. It. it might work in this day and age because it's crazy. Man. Yeah, because you're just doing like real life Tinder, pretty much. Yeah, like people now, they just go home with people, man. Like they didn't even take no time. Really? Yeah, I see it all the time when I work at the bar. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And it's it'll happens. be like you know, a decent looking girl and some old guy. It's crazy. It's just who's there, I guess. Right? Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, you know, a dick's a dick, man. Sometimes, I guess. Just wish it was like that back when. Yeah, man. I mean, it really is got to be like Tinder and online dating that's like changed that. Yeah, and big dudes are in right now. <laughs> God damn it. And we really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely was thinking about that the last couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be out there right now. Yeah. Just a pounding. Yeah. Here I am. Not pounding. Hoping my kid gets done with her fucking homework at a decent hour. Nope. Yeah. No. You ruined it. I got two tickets to Pound Town, and you can't even cash them in. <laughs> yeah, it really pisses me off. God. This is gone for two days, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Make a Tinder profile. <laughs> you think I didn't think about it? That's good. <laughs> dude, that'd be like, it'd be, you would just instantly get caught. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, right away, one of their friends would see it, and it would be the best day of their life. Dude, cheating is so wild. Dude, if a girl, no, dude, if a girl, if one of your wife's friends saw you on Tinder, it would be the best day of their life. Oh yeah, it would be every like they. Oh man, they'd be pumped. Be like, first they would call their friends. Be like, do I tell her? I gotta tell her, right? I have to tell her, don't I? Yeah, I have to. I'm a, I gotta be a good friend. Yeah, it'd be like someone you both know really well. It'd be like someone I was friends with that she became friends with. Be like, I gotta tell her. Yeah, like, that's dude. what always happens. I thought we were friends. Girls are always <laughs> friends. With other girls immediately. I bet they're like best friends. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. So you, we would, I mean, I would get taken down. Uh, everybody would. I don't yeah. understand how you can even cheat in this day and age. You, you people do that slick, shit. Man. I guess you just have to like live in a big city. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But it's like also, I bet a lot of dudes, like, if I like took my shirt off in a picture 
without my face, everyone would still know. Yeah. But there's a lot of dudes who could do that. They get markings. And be like, that's not. Yeah. Even if I didn't have a bunch of tattoos, it's still yeah. like, dude, there's not. Yeah, they can tell by your. There's not areolas. a lot of this going around. What? They can tell by your areolas. <laughs> I've seen those before. Nobody's got those types of nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know pepperoni Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild out there right now, dude. Mm. Sex is crazy. Yeah, I need yeah. it bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's if it's not, it's got to be every. I mean, preferably every twenty four, but it has to be every forty eight. Or things just go awry. Yeah, dude. I don't things know. go awry, dude. Yeah, there's like studies on it. It's called post sex glow. That lasts for forty eight hours. Post sex glow. Mm-hmm. That lasts for forty eight hours. Yeah, and then it goes away. And then but you, you notice, like, even like your wife will be way nicer in that time period. Then it goes yeah. away, and then just because. Everyone's pissed off because you're not fucking. Then you're not fucking. Yeah. So it's like, here's the, here's the key to fix it. Take it. Yes. Yeah, it's my <laughs> uh, birthday week. And all I want is sex a whole week. So yeah, spend any money on me. That's yeah. That should be. Yeah. Oh no. It's been agreed upon. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll pray. I hope I'll pray it needs me, to man. be. It should be. Yeah. It should be a month. That one. That's yeah. Brian's birthday yesterday. Yeah. Brian, you having sex all week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what that's a that's an appropriate gift, dude. Because it's like I can, anything I want, I'll just buy. Yeah. Like I have, I have such weird interests. Like nobody like the only person I could I could be like are the only people I know that would buy me gifts that are gonna be like, this is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be you and Brian, Seth. You know, the friends, the buds, we all have the same kind of interest and shit. You don't have your knife with you, do you? No, I don't have a blade. I'm not a bladesman right now. I'm. You I do have one. You have I one do. just like this. Yeah, but I don't need a blade. I am a fucking blade. <laughs> this is Jerry's birthday present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old Jared will pee guard. I didn't see him, and I'm not going to see him. I was supposed to go, like, cater their gyms thing on Sunday, but then the dude hit me up and was like, it's Super Bowl, so nobody's going to want to eat. Nobody's going to want to eat on the Super Bowl. Well, they're not going to watch the Super Bowl there. Oh. So. Ah. Yeah. I should have, like, done a Super Bowl party. should have offered. That would have been tight. That service. Well, I don't. I'm going to probably try to work at the bar. I try to, to go to people's Super Bowl parties and eat their food and leave. Yeah. Kind of like holidays, man. I go to, like, three or four different people's houses. I'm like, we got a bunch of leftovers. Like, cool. I want to go. I'm like, over. <laughs> I want to go to, like, three or four Super Bowl parties. Yeah, that'd be a good move. Yeah. I'm off from the bar. Probably should work because I'm sure people will be there. You're off on Sunday? Yeah, I took off to cater that thing and then. It should work. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. From February to June 1979, Bitteker and Norris picked up over 20 female hitchhikers. And again, this is the fucking 70s, so people are definitely hitchhiking. It's like not weird. Like the 60s, I was probably like the heyday for hitchhiking. Yeah. I bet the internet destroyed hitchhiking. For sure. Like once people found out. I don't know. I see people hitchhiking all the time, though. You do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should hitch. <laughs> I don't know. People are like, I don't know about this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, 20 different fucking hitchhikers. They did not assault the girls in any manner, but they were practice runs to see if there was a way for them to develop ruses to lure girls in the van voluntarily and discovering new secluded locations. So they're working on their game. Yeah. Because they don't want, and if you're doing this type of thing, and I'm not saying it like do this type of thing. It's like if you, if you don't want to get caught, because this guy, you know, he's been caught. He's been to prison. Doesn't want that to happen again, obviously. He learned, oh, I can't smack a girl with a rock and rape her in a bush. You got to lure him in. So they're literally practicing to see like what works. Yeah. Which is nanners. That's that's not a good duo. That's like hunting techniques. That sucks. Just out there, like, here's what worked. They got right in. 
Like, hey, you want to come to the fuck fan? Oh, God, no. Okay, we got to slow taper it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In late April, the pair found an isolated fire road in the San Gabriel Mountains. Bittaker broke open the lock gate with a crowbar and replaced the lock with one he owned. Hell yeah. Bittaker and Norris killed their first victim, a 16-year-old Lucinda Schaefer, on June 24, 1979. Schaefer was last seen leaving a Presbyterian church meeting in Redondo Beach. And his written account, you know what's funny is when we saw those like teenagers walking around that Presbyterian church in that shitty area like late yeah. at night. We were like, you were like, dude, they can't be here. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Presbyterians, dude. Yeah. No. Putting too much faith in the world. Phew. In his written accounts of the events of the state, Bittaker stated that he and Norris first finished building the bed the pair had installed in the rear of the van, beneath which they placed tools, clothes, and a cooler filled with beers and soft drinks, just in case, you know, imbibe, courteous. At 11 a.m., the pair drove down to the beach area, drinking beer, smoking grass, and flirting with girls. We had no set routine, he says. Smoking grass. Smoking grass. Around 7 p.m., Norris spotted Schaefer walking down the side of the street and remarked to Bittaker, there's a cute little blonde. Well, she's 16. You fucking, I mean, obviously they're going to do way worse than just. Oh, uh, yeah. Things, but around 7 p.m. <clears throat> I'm sorry. You, <clears throat> after unsuccessfully attempting to entice Schaefer into their van with alternate offers of weed and a lift home, Bittaker and Norris drove further ahead and parked alongside a driveway. Norris exited the vehicle, opened the passenger side sliding door and leaned into the van with his head and shoulders obscured from the view of the door. When Schaefer passed the van, Norris exchanged a few words with her before dragging her into the van and closing the door. Using a ruse they would repeat in most of their subsequent murders, Bittaker turned the radio to full volume as they bound the victim's arms and legs and gagged her with duct tape. As Bittaker drove, Schaefer to the fire road in Sam Gabriel Mountains where in April the pair had previously switched the locks. Despite initially screaming when she was abducted, Schaefer quickly regained her composure. In his written account of the night that followed, Bittaker wrote that she had displayed a magnificent state of self-control and composed acceptance of the conditions of which she had no control. She said no tears, offered no resistance, and expressed no great concern for her safety. I guess she knew it was coming. What a piece of shit. Yeah. This sounds like how the Eagles were formed. <laughs> Smoking grass, picking yeah. up a couple teenage girls. Doing harmonies. Yeah. What a lovely place. They raped him with harmony. Such a lovely face. Despite, uh, oh God, at the, <clears throat> at the fire road, Norris first raped Schaefer after instructing Bittaker to take a walk for an hour. Upon returning to the van, Bittaker then raped the girl in Norris's absence. They didn't watch each other. That's where they drew the line. Huh. Weird. Like, that's gay. I'm not doing that. But all this other terrible shit. Upon the second occasion in which she was raped, Schaefer asked if they intended to kill her, to which Norris said no. In response, Schaefer requested to be allowed time to pray before she was killed, if that was truly their intention. Damn. In their subsequent accounts of the actual murders, Bittaker and Norris gave differing accounts as to who argued over whether they should kill or release her, stating that the other wanted the murder. So classic team trying to blame the other person. Yeah. In any event, Schaefer pleaded only for a second to pray before Norris attempted to manually strangle her. After about a minute, Norris became disturbed at the look in her eyes and ran to the front of the van vomiting. Bittaker then manually strangled her till she collapsed and began convulsing. He then twisted a wire hanger around her neck with pliers until she stopped convulsing. Her body was wrapped in a plastic shower curtain and thrown over a steep canyon that Bittaker had selected. According to Norris, After Bittaker had thrown her into the canyon, Bittaker assured him the animals would eat her up so there would not be any evidence left. That's tough, dude. Well, I got a feeling the one that puked was not the one that wanted to kill her. Even though he initiated, he's probably 
being egged on by the other guy. Like, come on, you pussy. Yeah. yeah like yeah, that kind of thing. Something like that for sure. On July 8th, 1979, two weeks after the murder of Schaefer, Bittaker and Norris encountered 18-year-old Andrea Hall hitchhiking along the Pacific Coast Highway. As the pair slowed the van to offer Hall a lift, another vehicle pulled over and offered Hall a ride first, which she accepted. Bittaker and Norris followed the vehicle from a distance until Hall exited the vehicle in Redondo Beach. On this occasion, Norris hid in the back of the van in order to duct tape Hall in order, God damn it, to dupe, what a word. My brain just said duct tape. To dupe Hall into believing Bittaker was alone. <clears throat> Inside the van, Bittaker offered Hall a cold drink from the cooler. Norris then pounced on Hall when she attempted to retrieve the drink and after a fight, managed to subdue her by twisting her arm behind her back, causing her to scream in pain. Norris then gagged her with tape and bound her wrists and ankles. Bittaker and Norris drove Hall to a location in the San Gabriel Mountains beyond where they had earlier taken Schaefer. At this location, she was raped twice by Bittaker and once by Norris. Bittaker was raping Hall for the second time. Norris saw what he believed to be headlights approaching. Bittaker clasped his hand over Hall's mouth and dragged her into nearby bushes as Norris drove in an unsuccessful search for the vehicle he thought he had seen. When he returned, the pair drove to a location further in the San Gabriel Mountains. Bittaker forced Hall to walk uphill naked alongside the road and then perform oral sex on him before ordering her to pose for several Polaroid pictures. Ugh. The fuck, This is a rough one, dude. The men drove to a third location where Bittaker again walked Hall up a nearby hill, this time as Norris drove to a nearby store to purchase alcohol. When Norris returned, Bittaker was alone and in possession of two more Polaroids, both of which depicted Hall's face in sheer terror. Bittaker informed Norris that he had told Hall he was going to kill her and challenged her to give him as many reasons as she could come up with as to why she should be allowed to live before thrusting an ice pick into her brain. What a piece of shit, dude. So just like enjoying the fear she was going through. Yeah, that's like a lot of things with sociopaths. They like to see people terrified. It sexually excites them. I don't know why. That's insane. But you know, that's like always the issue is like the, that's like we were discussing earlier today. All these people, all these defenders, they have rights when they shouldn't have them at all when they do shit like this. You know, and then they're you know, able to lawyer up and, you know, it's like, that should all be taken away. Yeah. Shouldn't be able to have any rights. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy, man. You should be brought in how you're brought in. Yep. Yep. I wish you could collect bounties, dude. Fuck. Oh, man. Like in the old days. Yeah, just grab up pedos and take them in. Shit. God, dude, we'd, we'd round be rich. Them. <laughs> Rounding them up. Bittaker informed Norris that he, uh, God damn it, dude. I'm doing bad. I need cold ones, dude. Yeah. Gotta have a it couple helps, of colds. Man. It really does. Helps you concentrate. Uh. He then, I'm always so worried about doing a bad job that I'm like, oh. Yeah, it just eases the pain. <laughs> That's inside your brain. <laughs> he then turned her body over and thrust the ice pick into her other ear, stomping on it until the handle broke. Ah. Bittaker further fuck? strangled Hall before throwing her body off the cliff. On September 3rd, so we were basically doing back-to-back. I mean, July yeah. and September, May to, every other month is when they can't, they got to do it. Yeah. September 3rd, Bittaker and Norris observed two girls named Jackie Gilliam and Jacqueline Lamp sitting on a bus stop bench near Hermosa Beach. Lamp and Gilliam had been hitchhiking along the Pacific Coast Highway before Bittaker and Norris observed them. They offered the girls a ride, which they accepted. Inside of the van, both girls were offered weed by Norris, which they accepted. Shortly after entering the van, both girls realized that Bittaker had steered the van off of the Pacific Coast Highway and was driving in the direction of the San Gabriel Mountains. When the girls protested, both Bittaker and Norris attempted to allay the girls' concerns with excuses which did not deceive either girl. Lamp, age 13, attempted to open the sliding door, whereupon Norris 
hit her on the back of the head with a bag filled with lead weights. God damn. Briefly knocking her unconscious before overpowering 15-year-old Gilliam. This began to bind and gag Gilliam. Lamp regained consciousness and tried to flee the van. <clears throat> Whereupon Norris twisted her arm behind her back and drug her into the van. Which I, I wonder if that's like... Uh, Norris was the one that was in the Navy. I wonder if it's like, uh, like here's how you apprehend somebody. Yeah. Hammerlock type of situation. Jeez. As a struggle ensued, Bittaker, noting the girl's struggle, was in full view of potential witnesses. Stopped the van, punched Gilliam in the face, and assisted Norris in binding and gagging the girls. Gilliam and Lamp were drove driven to the mountains where they were held captive for two days, being bound and gagged between repeated instances of sexual and physical abuse. Both men slept in a van alongside their two hostages, with each man alternately acting as a lookout. On one occasion, Bittaker walked Lamp onto a nearby hill and forced her to pose for pornographic pictures before returning her to the van. Bittaker also asked Norris to take several pictures of himself and Gilliam, both nude and clothed in the first three instances in which Bittaker raped Gilliam. He also created a tape recording of the rape, forcing her to pretend she was his cousin and informing Gilliam to feel free to express her pain. What the fuck, man? It's like the beginning of incest porn, I guess. Yeah. It's a bunch of different types of porn. I don't like God. I don't, I don't know. This is why porn sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Bittaker is also known to have tortured Gilliam by stabbing her breasts with an ice pick and using vice grip pliers to tear off a nipple. Ooh. Fuck. Can you imagine, dude? Just oh. a titty twister hurts so bad. Yeah. Nipple clamps hurt, too. <laughs> Why do you know that? Because I know. <laughs> After almost two days in captivity, Lamp and Gilliam were murdered. At Bittaker's subsequent trial, Norris claimed he had suggested that Gilliam be killed as quickly as possible because she was much more difficult than Lamp, to which Bittaker replied, No, they only die once anyway. After Bittaker murdered Gilliam, he then forced Lamp out of the van. Norris struck her with a sledgehammer, and Bittaker strangled Lamp until she died. Shit. The bodies of Gilliam and Lamp were thrown over an embankment into the chaparral, which, I mean, dude, they're so violent, too. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Would you rather be hit over the head with something to death or stabbed in the ear or strangled? I think the sledgehammer would be from behind. Yeah. But you wouldn't. Yeah, bash my brains out my nose. Just be, well, that's it. Yeah, like, you yeah. wouldn't know. Maybe. And you start kicking and shit and shaking after they hit you. I don't think you would be a conscious, though. Yeah. Probably then the not. noise of like somebody's shoes knocking on wood, kicking every you hit them or something like that would be very crazy. Oh my god! Yeah. Unless you love it. They do. They love That's it. That's the problem. This That's fucked. Bittaker and Norris abducted their final victim, sixteen-year-old Shirley Ledford, on October thirty-first, nineteen seventy-nine. Ledford was abducted as she stood outside a gas station hitchhiking home from a Halloween party in the suburb of Los Angeles. Investigators believe Ledford accepted a ride from Bittaker and Norris because she recognized Bittaker as he was known to frequent the restaurant in which Ledford worked as a waitress. Upon accepting the offer for a lift home and entering the van, she was offered weed by Norris, which she declined. Bittaker drove to a secluded street where Norris drew a knife and then bound and gagged Ledford with construction tape. Bittaker then traded places with Norris, who drove in an aimless manner for an excess of an hour as Bittaker remained with Ledford in the back of the van. After removing the construction tape from her mouth and legs, Bittaker tormented her, initially slapping her and mocking her, then beating her with his fist as he repeated and shouted for her to say something. As Ledford began to cry... She pleaded with Bittaker repeatedly, saying, no, don't touch me. In response, Bittaker again ordered her to scream, then began alternately striking her with a hammer, beating her breasts with his fists, and torturing her with pliers both between and throughout instances when he raped and sodomized her. Damn. I hate ones like this because you can't have fun. 
No. There's nothing. I don't feel funny. Yeah. yeah it's it going to be short. <laughs> takes the piss right out of everything, man. Shortly after Norris switched places with Bideker, he turned on a tape recorder and proceeded to rape her. Norris then reached for the sledgehammer, smashed her left elbow, then 25 consecutive strikes followed. After two hours of being beaten, Norris killed Ledford by strangling her with a wire hanger, again tightened with pliers. Bideker opted to discard her body on a random lawn in order to view the reaction from the press, which, of course, they freaked out. Yeah. Her body was found by a jogger the following morning. An autopsy revealed that in addition to having been raped, the autopsy revealed she had died of strangulation after receiving extensive blunt force trauma to the face, head, breast, and left elbow. Her genitalia and rectum had been torn, caused mostly by Bideker having inserted pliers into her body. Just like on a fucking like rampage. Why, man? I don't know what. Yeah. I would assume that they were egging each other on and just like the combined depravity of both of them yeah. fueled more, you would think, you know, like maybe trying to outdo each other. Or even just like, well, if he, I, I, some sort of subconscious. Oh, maybe like also too, once the media gets involved, like when they start writing the article about everything that happened and shit, the, they get to relive those moments. They can keep those newspaper clippings. That's why a lot of times serial killers will like keep newspaper clippings or anything like that so that they can relive it. And that's also why they take photos too. So they're taking photos of their victims. So. Yeah, which I assume is going to come back to fucking haunt them, hopefully. Yeah. In November 1979, Norris became reacquainted with a friend named Joe Jackson, who had previously been incarcerated at the men's colony. Norris confided in Jackson regarding his and Bideker's exploits over the previous five months, including graphic details of the murder of Ledford, which was the only victim whose body had been found at the time. Jackson immediately consulted his attorney who advised him to inform the LAPD. Thank God. Yeah. That's like not a, none of this is good, but it is like one when you're like depraved enough to brag about this, like that's crazy. At least you do. So it like, I'm just having to sit there and just be like, you know, when you're in a conversation, you don't want to be in. Yeah. You're like, and then I did this. You're like, dang, they're like, and then man, I try to tell them and you're like, Oh, that's crazy. Just like yeah. trying to blow him off. He had to be like that. Well, yeah. so you're just like, okay, wow. Also, right. too, whatever that, whatever Joe Jackson did instantly, that's great karma that he turned it into. Yeah, you know, for sure. Upon linking Bitteker and Norris, the Hermosa Beach police placed Norris under surveillance. Within days, they had observed his weed dealing. On November 20th, 1979, Norris was arrested for parole violation, and the same day, Bitteker was also arrested. A search of Bittaker's apartment revealed several Polaroid photographs which were determined as depicting Hall and Gilliam, both of whom had been reported as missing earlier that year. Inside the van, investigators discovered a sledgehammer, a plastic bag full of lead weights, a book detailing how to locate police radio frequencies, a jar of Vaseline, two necklaces, and a tape recording of a woman in distress. And uh, it's like a pretty open and shut trial. Yeah. And I don't really like pretty much Andy and I agree decided like not to because like it's just them more or less like gloating about what they did. Yeah. I don't really want to go through all that because it's like we know what happened. Yeah. There's like no. Nothing cool about listening to them be like, and this is what I did. Yeah. Because you could tell, like, in the quotes before, just that nonchalant attitude of, like, yeah, we were smoking weed and just saw this and we're like, this bitch is cute. I don't want to. Yeah. This sucks. That's the worst, dude. <laughs> so they both confessed, obviously. They showed no remorse. They agreed to take investigators to where they had disposed the other four bodies. And in February 1980, they were formally charged with the murders of the five girls. Norris accepted a plea bargain where he would testify against Bitteker in return for the prosecution, agreeing just to not seek the death penalty against him. Bitteker died in prison awaiting execution on December 3rd, 2019. Norris died in prison on February 24th, 
So they're gone, but they live forever. And they're also like the type of guys who were going to be institutionalized anyway. Yeah. So it sucks that they ever got back out and were able to go through with this. So Fuck, they man. probably loved prison. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they didn't. You know, Maybe once everybody found out who they were, it might have been just open season on their ass. Perhaps. Because, you know, the, they got arrested before the segregation shit sort of happened. Years. They, they segregated all the child predators. Yeah, but like they're also, like, like the big 90s. dudes that are, like, uh, very criminal-minded. So, who knows? Uh, fuck. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I just feel sucks. like you just kill them when you're in yeah. there. Like, if you're an inmate, you know you're going to be gone for a while not. That is what happens a lot. It's always yeah. like, I'm in here for life, no matter what. I'm never getting out. And this guy's a pedophile. I'm going to kill him. Because he's got to go. Yeah. He's got to go. And that's why I segregate, because that's what happens for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, you know, good karma, I guess. It's pecking order. It's a good it's pecking order. Is missing in the world, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I really don't. I know we do this every fucking podcast we have about pedophiles and... Uh, rapist and shit, but it's like, God damn, when you find somebody can do that, like, why castrate him? Dude, I mean, let's like figure something out to where it's like, is it Florida that does like that island where they, I think Florida and Washington has one too. Yeah. They're like confined. They have, I think they can't be on the internet. Also chemically castrated as well. Why are we not doing that across the fucking board? I really don't know, man, because it is like, I mean, you're dealing with, it's like, a lot of crimes are re-offensive, but it's like a 90-something re-offense rate. Yeah. Like, they never stop. It is a no. mental sickness. And, like, the, I hate to say social justice type, but they are also, they're, I mean, they're like, this is a mental illness that should be treated as that. Well, like, it's a mental illness, but it's also, there's not really a treatment for it. You're not going to sit down and Well, the thing is, is, like, whenever somebody, ha- like, they have that, um, there are some people that aren't predators, though. That's the thing. They're not predator- predatorial about it. They're attracted to that thing. They're attracted to the kid or whatever. And once they act on it, that's the problem. But when they know they got a problem and they're trying to do something about it, that's one thing. Sure. But when they're just like hiding out and they don't give a shit and they're predatorial about it and they're like these motherfuckers, they didn't give a fuck. That, they didn't care about being helped or anything like that. They were, I they mean, were, they wanted to get caught too. Like they, they wanted to the get body, caught. So the media yeah. would write about it and yeah. they'd be like, hell yeah. You know? This is like. So it's like when you're predatorial about it, that's fucked up. Yeah. Or you can't stop. You just keep looking for kids. Like, that's fucked. Why not do something about it? What's Why Why are we not, as a society, why are we allowing them to, like, get out and reoffend? And that's the thing is that they're going to. Yeah. Because I'm sure the argument is like, well, they don't all. It's like, well, 90-something percent of them do. And yeah. the other whatever percent probably don't get caught. So... And then, you know, everybody's like, well, these kids these days. And I was like, yeah, these kids these days keep getting touched by these motherfuckers and it fucks their life up for the, forever. And that's why they act the way they do. Yeah. That's why, and, like, kids are wild now because it's just increased yeah. trauma upon trauma, generations, and it just gets shittier and it's shittier. generational, so. man. It's like, you, you know, your mom could have gotten molested by somebody and then she acts the way she does and she flips out and doesn't put you through a bunch of traumatic shit. And then you're traumatized and so on and so forth. And it just passes generation to generation. It's like, it's it's fucked, man. It's fucked. But we're not doing anything about it. Yeah, nothing at all. It's crazy. Well, we'll sure put your ass away for doing drugs, though. Yeah, people's you know? priorities about, like, everything are so twisted. Like, I've seen, obviously, like, could care less about defending Joe Rogan. But it's just, like, the latest example of, like, soapbox people online. Yeah. Like, people I know... They jump on trends. They'll just like put so much effort into like every day, like fuck this. If you support this, it's like, yeah, but like, are you doing anything productive for society? Or even if you're not like, why as a whole, if you, if like these things are something you're so passionate about, like how come the things that are much worse than this, like, why aren't we taking that energy and like applying it to, really getting rid of actual problems. Yeah. Cause like Joe Rogan saying it or allegedly like whatever the dumb, whatever people are mad at him for that, that like it doesn't affect anybody's life. Yeah. It's like before there was a video going around and this is just the latest example of shit of him saying it. Like, but nobody 
if black people had heard that before, I guarantee, like, if they heard that, I guarantee they weren't like, oh, my, like, hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, there are things that do systematically hurt black people yeah. that we're not focusing on. To I'm not fix. trying to fix And I'm not problems. trying to be the fucking white guy to be like, shift the blame off roof. Yeah, yeah. My point I'm trying to make is like, the things that people get outraged about, like, it should be this. Yeah. It should be like the guy we got today, like, found out where he lived. Level three sex offender, reviolator. Yeah. Is again like trying to be in hiding to, to probably do ill shit. Yeah. And so, like, if we have the vast network of information, social media, like, how come people, our efforts aren't just geared towards, like... Stopping real problems? Here's this pedophile. Yeah. Here's where they're at. Like, let's take this away. Yeah. Instead of, here's what the news said. Here's what I saw. Here's what I think about it. Like, fuck your hot take. Yeah. Let's... Well, yeah, like the words, keywords that you hear a lot of times is triggering and trauma. And it's like, but do you really know what the fuck that means? It's not so, not internet triggering is not the same thing as when somebody fucks you when you're a kid and somebody shows you some kind of, and it, it reminds you of that moment that triggers you. Triggering is a real thing. Being triggered is real or it causes, causes you to relive abuse. Okay. So when something like th- this thing with Rogan happens, it's not the same fucking thing as this, these two pieces of shit doing this to all these kids. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I'm not saying one is more important than the other. Well, the, but they kind of the are. word the world's energy is just maligned, right? Yeah. Now. Well, it's all bullshit. It's all fake. They, nobody gives. Nobody has any real, real uh, emotions towards anything. It's just they see something, they do it because it's cool. Yeah. That's all. Everything is right now. So I really wish we could fix that and we would use, you know, our time towards correcting real societal problems. We're trying. Me and you are trying. Sure, but the vast majority. Again, like if all the time you spent typing what you think about Rogan or what you think, what was like the, I'm trying to, what was the thing before this? Whatever. So whatever sports figure did whatever, like all the things that you typed up and spent your 20 minutes to get your 10 likes or whatever. Why didn't you like get online, find a predator in your community and say like, Hey, this is where this guy stays. Yeah. Isn't that some real world good as opposed to, and we're not saying like go and like vendetta and like go fucking kill him or do anything like that. Get him, just getting them off the streets. No, like, I mean, make him a, like, make him afraid. Like I remember like a big thing when like Trump was around was like make racists afraid again, Yeah, which is like a good point because they're, I mean, that's one thing I will for sure say about like the Trump administration is that in reality, there was a lot of people who were openly racist, like way more comfortable with just being like that yeah. online. Like, just like, yeah, this is how I feel. Well, the, then the expression, like make them afraid to be like that again. Well, one thing I would say is like almost good that they're airing themselves out because yeah. now, you know, Oh, this guy's a piece of shit. So yeah. we can cut him I know out. where to stay away from. Yeah. So that part was good. But like, if you want to make somebody afraid, like in, like if someone, it's like when we, a bit, when we were trying to be funny and made up that we knocked on this guy's door, like yeah. that guy was shitting his pants. Yeah. Like he wasn't going to go out and do something. No. That day. No. He's freaked. So, like, you know, use your time to put pressure on shit like that. Yeah. Or if you, like, feel really strongly, if you're a fucking white person and you feel really strongly about somebody saying it, then instead of taking half an hour to type your fucking think piece on Facebook, like, why don't you go out and talk to somebody and see what you can do to help them? Yeah. Like, why don't you go to the Salvation Army and find a black person and be like, hey, like, can I, do, do you need anything? Well, also too, a lot of this shit, it's like, okay, so you hear somebody say something shitty about a race or about this or that. Sometimes it's just, yeah, it's the way they were raised. So what that can mean is that maybe something happened to them that was traumatic. You know, maybe they got robbed when they were younger and a Mexican person or a black person or a white person did. And they don't like that race because something traumatic happened to them. So they, they use their, their mental, uh, health issues to be like, I don't like anybody. It's a way for them to protect themselves. They feel like sometimes that's the case. It's like, sometimes that's the reason why some women hate all men is because they, maybe they got raped when they were younger. And I can and a man you makes you feel uncomfortable. I hate all women. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you know, it's like those, those like we we're talking about. That's real triggers. Yeah. So it's like so you because somebody says something that you don't really like, but you're not really trying to get to the bottom of why they said that. No, you're just trying to let everybody know how cool you are. Essentially, yeah. It's like here's the team I'm on, which. And always that team is like the team that literally everybody's on. Yeah. I would think that, you know, 90-something percent of people are not racist. Yeah. Like in your circle of Facebook people or Instagram people. Like your circle, like your localish people that you vaguely know and interact with, like you're preaching to the choir also. It's like, you don't need to tell me that it's wrong for Joe Rogan to say it. Yeah. And again, that's just the thing going on today. So if you listen to this in a year and you're like, well, that would listen, it's the most current thing I could think of. But the the sentiment, it it really is like, man, that energy could just be redirected towards something very positive. Like you, I just am so tired of seeing people spout off about every single, and these are famous people. Like who the fuck cares? Why don't you just get off your ass? It's don't watch Yellowstone tonight and go spend an hour, find someone who needs something, get it for them. Like there's a billion things that you can do that are going to take a small amount of your time, a small amount of your resources. That's going to make a a big difference in someone's actual day as opposed to like, and you'll feel better, better than you would by posting some shit because you didn't have to get off your ass to go do that. You just sat at home and watched Yellowstone. Yeah, and you just want to see your fucking... You just, you're investing time in yourself to look cool. And you also probably want to argue, too. Like, yeah. you're hoping that someone's like, this is... You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to know where all the idiots are. I don't want them to hide. I don't want to... I want to know where they're at so I can stay the fuck away from them. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. When you, when you push Nazis underground and all that shit, that's when they become more dangerous. You know? That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, whenever, like... People are openly online saying, like, I don't like X person. Well, good. Like, stay away from them. Yeah. Don't don't be their Facebook friend. Yeah. Talk shit about them behind their back. Sure. You know, just don't be their friend. And when they say, hey, you're not you're my friend on Facebook anymore. Like, I don't really like you, dude. Say mm-hmm. to their fucking face. Yeah, that's what people need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like we knew a dude before who I guess is all right now, but he was like, getting involved with some like racist shit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, okay. So apparently there was like pills involved. Yeah. But I mean, we, we cut that dude completely out and we're like, you're being like this thing that you're doing is f- absurd. Yeah. Okay. I can't be your friend. Yeah. If you're going to like decide to be a fucking racist skinhead or whatever the fuck you're getting into, I'm not friends with you. Yeah. That's not cool. And that's like a real world impact because they want to be your friend. Yeah. And hearing that is like, am I fucking up? Like, yeah, of course you are. Yeah. You fucking moron. Yeah. Sure. People aren't going to change because you're making vague posts online. It it takes direct action. Yeah. So I just encourage like, I I really think that like the downfall, I hope the next generation is like already seeing, they think they make fun of people our age for like the things we do online. Yeah. So... This shit, it just has to go away. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't irk me. Like, I'm not opening my phone and being like, oh, I'm so sick of these motherfuckers. It's just like embarrassing for everybody. Yeah, it's stupid. It's every, and it, especially me because I'm like f- online friends with so many fucking comedians who are like just view themselves as goddamn philosophers and like for whatever reason see it as their responsibility to educate people. It's like you, you're retarded. Like, you have a, you know, you just went on stage and went like, I just ate four pounds of peanuts and took a shit. Yeah. And I looked at the toilet and I was like, oh, this shit's nuts. And then are getting online. Like, here's the problem with people like Joe Rogan. Like, fuck off. You're a retard. Yeah. No one want, no one should have to listen to you. There's a reason why you're doing open mics in front of 20 of you who are talking bad about you to each other. You're a mess. Yeah. You you don't have an opinion that anyone should ever listen to. So just like figure out something you're good at and, and stick to that or like do some fucking good. Like the shit that we see every day, like I can't, if every fucking person that posted an opinion online would go to Salvation Army or wherever they live where they locally feed homeless people yeah. and befriend one of those people and check on them 
once a week and figure out if they've got all the hygiene shit they need, if they yeah. need some food. You're going to literally change someone's life as opposed to bitching about what you saw in a post. You know, it's like, it's fucked up. It's like, there's nothing more fucked up than you go to a place like Salvation Army or something. You see a kid who's excited to just get a loaf of fucking bread. Oh, that fucks me up. You know, like, that's fucked up. Cheering. Yeah. Like, oh my God, butter bread. Yeah. Like, but instead, you're not worried about stuff like that. It doesn't even cross your fucking mind. It doesn't mind. affect you because mm. you're not around it. The only time it affects you is if it's on the fucking internet. Yeah. And you get sand in your little pussy and feel like you got well, to do something Well, you just have to react it. to it. You got to be part of the conversation. Yeah, it's stupid, and you man. don't, your words are empty. They don't matter at all. No. Nobody's words matter at all. I'm not sitting here saying. We're not important. We don't give, you know, we're yeah, not. Yeah, I'm not trying to preach down. Know? I'm just, I'm just, just the way it is. We're individuals. Like, the only, this is. The only thing I could advise anyone that will actually make a change is to just personally find people who need something and help them get that. Because other than that, it's all empty. If your human experience is a a self thing and then you go see somebody else who's got it way worse than you, you know, it kind of it needs to shake you up a little bit to where you're like, well, fuck, maybe I don't have it that bad. And also, like, maybe there's something I can do to help. Yeah. Even it's a little thing. And there is. And there's little literally. things. Literally. When people have absolutely nothing, a little thing goes a long fucking ways. Yeah. And, the, and there's more people that have literally nothing than you can even possibly wrap your brain around. Yeah. So I guess that's my fucking challenge to. Hang on a second. Yeah. I'm going to answer this. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll just call it. But anyways, yeah, we just want everybody to do what they're supposed to do. And that's just like, go fucking be a human being. Help out other humans. We're all here. It all sucks. There's shitty people that take advantage of people. There's all these things that go on. It's like, make a contact with somebody, make a positive impact on them. So that way, pieces of shit like we just talked about, they don't get to get away with stuff like this. Because the other people that feel like they don't have anybody, they have somebody. Be somebody for somebody. God damn it. Uh, Sam Talent. Check him out. Uh, beerbongs.com. DMD 20 gets you 20, 15%, 10% off and free shipping. Gurgling Gore Records. You get 10% off whenever you go to checkout and you type in Gurgling Dicks. They got the sickest bands right now. The sickest EPs, demos, merch, all that shit. Gurgle and Gore Records, check them out. Hey, look at you doing promos. Yeah, I uh, I feel like that was a bummer episode. I hate that. But yeah, it was. But life. you know, it is what it is. Stop posting online. <laughs> We're fucking kids. Uh, had some fucking roadblocks this week, so hopefully we'll get that wrestling podcast next week. And yeah, yeah. if anybody listening wants to do us a kindness and help us to get like a logo and that type of shit, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm sure we could pay you a little bit if you're really good at it, but you know, we're broke. We're broke. So, again, it's doing us a kindness, so definitely credit you. Like a credit, Fluids, did you already hit that? Oh, yeah. Fluids made our uh, intro music. Thanks. Honkled. Gets good. It's about getting honkled. Yeah. You know, I'm the head honcho of honkling. <laughs> Hadn't been in a while, but I will be back. You think so? I hope so, man. <laughs> I hope so. Get your blood work done. I'm getting my blood work done. You feel better? I feel better than what I did like a couple weeks ago. They said you taking too much medicine. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I feel like shit. Yeah. It's crazy. So They don't fuck your liver up, man. They better not have. I probably fucked. I probably not for good. I probably had something to do but with see, that. But, dude, I don't think that. It's like a regenerative thing. Yeah. So, like, I don't think if you're not. Like, I think you have to be continuously getting cranked. Yeah. You have to be. For that thing to get fucked up. Because, like, if you don't drink for a month, it's going to have so much time to fucking, like, regenerate cells and be yeah. cool. Like, it, Yeah. I don't know. And you didn't drink very much for like a year, so yeah, I think you're, I think you're fine. I hope so. I don't think that they permanently fucked your liver up. But I think it fucked your liver up. It was crazy. I can it, feel it, dude. Come back to her. You know yeah, what I mean? That was wild. <laughs> that boy will come back. He's gonna come back. Livers are tough. Yeah. Just <laughs> get like fatty liver or something. This is a funny podcast story. It's funny for every story. I know this dude. I won't say his name. I don't think he listens, but I'm sure people know him. Just one of the biggest degenerates I've ever known. For sure. And uh, he thought he had psoriasis in the liver. Like went Psoriasis? To, Cirrhosis? I said it wrong again. Yeah. He's got itchy scalp on his <laughs> <laughs> Cirrhosis of the liver was freaking out. You know, the doctor was like, 
asking about his habits. I mean, this dude was drinking at least, you know, 20 beers a day type of thing, doing coke, just getting fucked up all the time. Yeah, yeah. Eating like shit, no exercise. And uh, we're like, man, you have got to, like, drastically change your life, like, right now. Like, this is a big fucking deal. It will kill you. We have to get a liver transplant. You have to go on dialysis. So they freaked the fuck out, cut, like, started exercising, started eating good, didn't drink at all, just cold turkeyed it because he was so afraid. Then he goes in, and they're like, oh, you know, you just have fatty liver, which is, like, the bridge to, they're like, you're, like, you're headed that way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in that time, I think it was like a month. The motherfucker dropped like 20 pounds, like thinned out, looking way better, <coughs> healthier, feeling better, like not dragging yeah. ass all the time. And then as soon as he was like, he was like, I was like, you drinking again? And he was like, yeah, it's just fatty liver. Like, bro, what is wrong with you? Yeah, it's delicious. So you're going <laughs> <laughs> to wait till you get fucking yeah. terminally diagnosed yeah. again. The hell. That's wild, man. Yeah. So I think you're fine. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> well, yeah, tomorrow night is my birthday. I'm gonna go uh, to Dallas, watch Sigabog and Nile and Incantation. And, oh, that's tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, I'll probably get loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll probably get a little loose, man. So, but okay, yeah. You going by yourself? No, no. Dylan, my neighbor, is gonna go oh, with that's me. Good. So you drive? Yeah. He's driving? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with him at work, and then we're going to leave, and then I'm going to get honkled and tonkled on the way. You going to get a tattoo tomorrow? No, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to get a tattoo. I don't want to right now. It's itchy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. You. Watch YouTube shit. Sex day. (laughs)